Hey, one more thing before you go. There's a massive awakening underway. Finding your bearings when you're not only realizing who you are, but doing it in the middle of these turbulent times. Well, it's disorienting. That's where my next guest in this episode stands out and brings a fresh perspective on the science of soul to conversations, helping people get their bearings, set their heading, and to get excited about stepping into their power as their most authentic self. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. Welcome back. Tracy King activates potential. For more than 20 years, she's dedicated her career to de designing transformational experiences. She's a master learning designer, a professional development consultant, a best-selling author, and owns, <laughs> excuse me, owns an instructional design agency. Her work synthesizing how brains learn into a model for crafting transformational experiences has been featured on NBC, ABC, Fox, Forbes, and hundreds of nationally syndicated television and newspaper and magazine outlets. But as the gritty mystic, and we're going to talk about that, she's an intuitive channel and transformational teacher. Tracy reveals where her clients are in the levels of awakening to take the guess work out of divine development, is allowing for more yes and less WTF. The goal? To embody your soul self. The same aspiration as the spiritual alchemist of old. We're going to have a really interesting conversation. Oh, I'm so excited to be here with you too. This is going to be amazing. Good stuff uh, yeah, about to happen. It's, it is. What, a, what an amazing journey that your life has been in and taken. Uh, you know, we, we all want to have purpose in our lives. Um, from the time we're born, uh, it's implanted in us that we should have a purpose, a purpose, a purpose. Sometimes we know what that purpose is. Sometimes we have to come around to that purpose. And uh, from what I have seen and heard, you've kind of fell into your purpose. I did. Um, it's definitely always been that thing that's nagging, you know, what that question, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? And when we have that question, when we feel that nag, what that's telling us is we're out of alignment, right? And there is something for us to align with and to follow that. That's that's a nudge for you to, to connect with what that means for you. And ultimately, it's being your authentic self. Purpose is always who you are, who you came to be. And so the closer you step into being your most authentic self, the closer you're going to get to realizing what that purpose is. That's brilliant. And and, and it works. Sometimes we're in a purpose that we think we're supposed to be. And like me, I was a police officer for almost 17 years until I got injured wow. in the line of duty. Uh, I, had to, I left that career. And I had to reinvent my purpose because at that time, I thought that was my purpose. And for that time period, that's what it was. That's who I was. That's what I, you know, not only my job, it's who I was. And it had to change. But the universe put me in a different direction where I can have fantastic conversations like this one from people all over the world. We can then share, inspire, motivate, and educate people. So my purpose was redefined and I'm very happy where I, where I landed. Well, I'm so excited that you are here in your purpose and what joy you bring to these conversations and and just, you know, really what's needed for people to encounter in this moment so that they too can align with who they are. 
Absolutely, 100%. Well, I like to start in the beginning, where it mm -hmm. all began. Not, not necessarily humanity, but a little, <laughs> little, little shorter. <laughs> where did you grow up? I grew up in West Michigan. I'll just like, here's the map right here. And uh, <laughs> everybody's got their mitten if they're from Michigan. Uh, and I grew up in a, a fundamentalist family. And that was really defining of my early experiences, especially spiritually, um, what I felt I had to conform to. And of course, introducing a lot of fear into spirituality for me. And so how, what direction do we want to take this? Where do we want to go into, into that story? What was your family like? Um, you know, there was some interesting dynamics. Uh, we moved a lot. I went to a new school once or twice a school year up until high school. And, um, so there was a lot of change. I was in constant change, not really we didn't settle or have roots uh, made it really difficult to attach to a particular area to develop long-term relationships and while now looking back on that i like to to think about how that um, helped me develop a lot of resilience um, that's really challenging to grow up in that much chaos um, and and so um, that that definitely had an influence on my compassion for people who have come out of or are experiencing a lot of change in their life and really can relate to people uh, um, when they're in transformation because transformation is ultimately change work it is 100 uh, do you have any brothers or sisters i have one younger brother yep he's six years younger than me so i was a single child for a while that kind of works. My, that's probably what my sister thought. We have six year difference between my older sister and me. She probably thought the same thing. She went, hey, this is great. What just happened? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> it's like, well, I'm here to see you. Um, do you, uh, <coughs> excuse me. I am uh, getting over a, a throat issue. So forgive me. Mm. Did you go to university? What did you want to be when you grew up? I did go to university. I always thought that education would be a part of my career path. Um, I chose to be an English major. I thought that I was going to get my doctorate and become an English professor. That was really what I kind of had in mind. But I got married and then the door to that path just closed in my face. And so um, I had to just find a job. and. The curious thing is I did end up in education, as you know. Um, I have an instructional design agency, which is all about designing transformational learning and transformational experiences. But it was a, a twisty, turny journey to get into that space. Yeah, I think it goes back to what we said. You know, life can change in an instant. And sometimes uh, we think the direction that we're supposed to go works for a little while, but then we're meant for something else. And I, I think... Right. Do you think that's, well, sorry, um, this just popped in my head really fast. Like it, somebody was talking to me in my other earpiece. Um, do you think that is ingrained in our soul? Do, do we set that path prior to we're, us being here? Or is that something that, that um, it comes later when we start understanding more of our soul? 
That's a great question. I That's why I like to define purpose in terms of who we are and authenticity because the outward manifestation of what it looks like can and will change because circumstances change because we learn and we grow and we have more or different opportunities or less opportunities sometimes. And and so, you know, when I started and I had my first job, that was that definitely did not feel aligned with purpose. But at that first job where I was serving in an administrative assistant team for a vice president of a company, that's where I, I realized that there was a, a friction in one of the workflows in the company. And I brought it to the attention of the vice president. And um, I proposed training would be a solution to that problem. And she said, great, go create that. And I was like, you talking to me? You talking to me? You talking to me? <laughs> right. Uh, and so that was the first door opening way to me experiencing creating a piece of training for adult learning for continuing education versus thinking of it in terms of academic academia and and realizing how profoundly um, I was moved by seeing transformation happen as a result of this experience that we had together. And that just really lit a fire un under me. I knew exactly what I wanted to do, but how that was expressed changed as op opportunities um, changed in open way for me. And so I, I think a lot of people experience that, that they might be in a job where they're like, this is not my purpose, clearly. <laughs> but there might be something in it. There might be a thread in that, a throughway or a door opening because of that experience that sets them closer to that place that feels purposeful for us. That makes a lot of sense. My first job was uh, a dishwasher in uh, a, a real Italian restaurant, two guys from Italy. They both were from uh, Sicily, one from Sicily, one from Naples. Spoke mm -hmm. very little English. At that time, I didn't think it was my purpose, but then I learned a lot. I learned a little bit of culture. I learned how to speak Italian. I, I don't remember much since then. It was, we won't say how long ago, but we'll say it was a while ago. <laughs> um, the, uh, the opportunity that they gave me uh, allowed me to learn to make pizza like true Italian pizza. And my brother-in-law was from Rome. He helped me to get the job. So mm. it kind of worked out really well. But well, I tell you what, I it's kind of one of those things you're trying to pick up girls you don't go what do you do for a living i'm a dishwasher <laughs> for an italian place but the food's good come see me there <laughs> so, purpose purpose sometimes doesn't play out where it's supposed to it doesn't play out where it's supposed to <coughs> so <clears throat> help me understand how you evolved into being a mystic and it, maybe we should um tell me what a mystic is if you can help me understand mm -hmm. that i would really appreciate it yeah yeah a, a mystic is someone who is able to connect with the cosmic if you will with the multi-dimensional spiritual reality that we're all participating in but don't physically see or sometimes realize is even all around us and part of us and is able to bring back truths 
insights, guidance that helps us in our evolution in this life. And a lot of that has to do with connecting with purpose and seeing through our intentions for, for being here, but also to find play in our own personal evolution. Because while our lifetimes here can be very challenging, they can be very painful, um, they can sometimes make no sense whatsoever. From a broader perspective, um, it is viewed as play and experimentation and an opportunity to evolve as a soul. And so bringing that perspective to bear in my teaching and coaching is how I serve as a mystic to others and then in turn helping them connect to that part of themselves so that they can also tap into their inner wisdom and, and really feel connected to this larger, grander scheme that we're all playing a role in. Would you relate that to a um, like a, a Native American medicine man or um, something along that line, or is it a little more than that, or like a, a, a Zen Buddhist, or is there any relation between all of that? Yeah, I would say that um, I wouldn't call myself a medicine person. That is definitely an expression of being a mystic within um, an indigenous culture. Um, there are lots of, from all, all different religions, have their own experience that they would consider a mystic. Um, and as well as outside of traditional institutional right. religions, um, people might call it different things. Um but but definitely shamanistic, mystic. Um, there's a lot of of overlap in in the role of those ty those types of servants on the, on this plane. You know, it's interesting. I I'm a reformed Catholic. I I was raised Catholic. I'm not a practicing mm -hmm. Catholic. I grew up <clears> in that environment, and you know, I've said this on my podcast before, and and so I'll, uh, I don't mind saying it again. Uh, basically, I, I found that organized religion, from that perspective, in, in this is just my opinion. Um, we're sort of hypocritical in, in certain aspects. And that's what turned me away from them. My parents got divorced. My mother was excommunicated from the church. And we as children stayed with my mother. So we weren't allowed to go take communion because we, we were there with my mother who was excommunicated, which I thought, you know, you're supposed to be here for somebody when they're going through something like that. Instead, you say, right. nope, you know, we're going to shun your way. So at a very early age, I kind of started. Uh, realizing that I was more of a spiritual individual and and then an organized religion guy. Um, my mother tried, she went from church to church to church to church just trying to fit in because she needed that desperately. And she finally found a place, um, a Presbyterian church, that uh, my stepfather, she, my father died at a very early age. We won't go into all that, but um, she was lucky enough to find a man that married her and that... Um, that sound, sorry, Mom, I don't mean lucky enough, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, she was lucky in the fact that she found Burl, and Burl was a very individual, uh, a very good individual that helped her to kind of um, find a home again in regard mm. to that. So it worked out from that perspective, but I never went back to the church. I didn't feel that it fit me, um, but I am spiritual, and I feel that from that perspective, um, and, and this all led up to a question. From that perspective, do you do you think that we are all part of the light, um, like a, a broader universe that we can all connect and understand or interconnect or communicate with each other? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a similar experience as you that um, institutional religion, I just, it did not fit. <laughs> and the, the hypocrisy and um, just some of the horrendous things I experienced being a part of mm -hmm. that community. Um, I, I also no longer attend what you know, church or any type of um, organized religious type of of service or community. I'm on a, a personal sp spirituality path, but I do believe that there is a through thread for those who are in pursuit in pursuit of experiencing and living from the point of view of love, no matter what tradition they say they're part of. That is the one tradition that is the right. source seed of all spirituality um, and so when we depart from embodying love being love seeking to ever be part of that and express that then um, we venture into places that might be called religion but that aren't necessarily spiritual that makes sense uh, it really does well how does that help me understand what a um a, what is spiritual alchemy I saw, mm. that, yeah, I saw that in some of your the stuff that I was provided, and uh, I thought, you know, that'd be a really interesting subject to kind of touch upon, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, spiritual alchemy is this beautiful framework that's existed <clears throat> for a long, 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 long time, well before the established institutional religions that are currently practiced. And we can talk about some of the fun things in the historical story of alchemy if you want to, but just as a quick overview, for me, it serves as a map to our personal evolution right now. And it starts, it, it's divided into three stages. And within those three stages, there are seven phases or seven processes that we go through. And the first stage is really around what we experience as awakening. We talk about, I talk about my personal dumpster fire moment <laughs> that helped me realize that I am more, I'm connected to more. There's something more to this experience that I want to, to tap into, but I have a lot of trauma to heal. I have a lot to reconcile as to what's authentic for me. And, and then, you know, the process moves into a series of personal evolutions to the point where you become who you truly are. A good analogy is thinking about yourself as an iceberg. And at the beginning of our journey, we're, we're only conscious of the above the water part of our iceberg. And, you know, the birds landing on our ice and the air around us, but not anything beneath the water. And the beneath the water part of our iceberg is us too. Um, that's um, like our subconscious mind. It's where we store memory and trauma and what is happening beneath the water impacts everything that's happening above the water. So when we're working through the first processes of alchemy, that first stage, um, we're realizing that we're in a whole iceberg and seeking to make the connections between the external and internal, between the conscious and the subconscious and unconscious selves, so that we become an integrated self. And then once we do that, we realize, oh my word, I am not only an iceberg, I'm also the water. And so we work into the next stage of spiritual alchemy, where we start to realize that we're more than the, what we've 
constructed as the solid piece of us through our ego that's separate from everyone else. We're part of something bigger and grander. And we feel our way into understanding what it means to be the water also. Our consciousness expands. How we experience things around us, relationships, how we make decisions expands. We realize that we have a what we call a higher self here in my bunny ears, higher self. And we connect with that part of us. And we connect with that in that that multidimensional wise part of us. And as we're doing that, we we begin to realize, okay, hold on now. I'm not only ice, the iceberg and the water, I'm the cosmos. You realize that that higher self is not just something out there, it's you. That the people that we connect with, you and me, we are part of a unified consciousness. Um, we're part of a collective and we're participating in something bigger together. And so that's the third stage of our, our spiritual alchemy evolution, that the further expansion of our consciousness to realize we're part of something much greater and we can more fully embody that in this conscious moment, in this incarnation. And how much more rich, empowering, powerful, and authentic that experience would be um, really channeling um, our our entire gift set, um, being present in the in this moment, um, completely aware of that wiser part of ourselves. That's our potential. That's what can happen as we're working through this process. And something that I love about it is, I was kind of feeling my way around this process without realizing that spiritual alchemy existed. And so for me, coming across this ancient spiritual technology of soul really helped me orient to where I am. Because sometimes when we're doing this internal spiritual processing stuff, it's hard to see our progress because it's not necessarily material and physical. And so by having a map like this, we're able to see how far we've come, um, really map all of the experiences that bring us to this beautiful place where we are and see what our potential is if we want to lean into it and be it and become it. Um, it's really all about choice. It's not something you have to do. It's not an agenda, but it's something that shows you what's possible. That's very that's fascinating, actually. How does that play into um, science of the soul? If you yeah, don't mind, so, I mean, I, yeah. sorry. Um, it, I, I'm, I'm fascinated with the the ask. I think I'm sure we all are, and especially when you start reaching a certain age, you start thinking about what's out there, what's next, what's on the other side? Does my soul continue to live? Does my soul move on? Um, should I believe in reincarnation? Things like this. So everything that you just said seems to me that fits into and within the science of understanding our soul. Um, mm -hmm. If you don't mind, can we expand upon that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, yeah, spiritual alchemy for me is the embodiment of the science of soul. And um, it's something that has been a part of spiritual tradition since the ancient days of Egypt. Before it was called Egypt, it was Kemet. And um, a technology that was applied to help initiates move from um, kind of the mythology that that offered um, a, a basis for virtue to understanding that we are infinite potentiality and realizing that there's another side, if you will, to the mythology that's actually the truth of 
who we are and what's possible for us to evolve into being. And so, you know, as we move through the stages of spiritual alchemy, our, our, as our consciousness continues to expand, our point of view of who we are expands. And we do realize that we are not just this one life, that we, we can, if we want to explore um, the fact that we've participated in lots of lives and we bring the, the wealth of those experiences, we can tap the wealth of those experiences in this life. We realize that time is an illusion, that all time is now. And so that's, you know, that gives us an insight into how we can access that wisdom because everything is happening right now. And we realize that we exist outside of time as well, and that we're part of the evolution of something even greater than what we can perceive of as soul. And what an amazing evolutionary journey we're on outside of this pinpoint perspective of of a incarnated life. And um, I mean, we can just like really cosmic the F out <laughs> thinking about how many ways we are interconnected and participating in this drama of becoming and participating in moving forward the evolution of conscious as an individual, but as a whole. So something that I love about spiritual alchemy is while we'll often focus on it as our soul's journey, our soul's evolution, we can map our collective consciousness onto this map as well. And we can see precisely where we are as a collective here, as an example in the US, um, where we are, um, and, and what our work is right now, what needs to heal and what needs to be revealed, how we can step into our next phase as well. And so as we evolve as a person, we're always impacting the collective. If we only would become conscious of the fact that we're evolving as a collective, how much more powerful could we be in setting our intention for what we wanna experience next as a collective? I believe that, now, does that fit into the, um, like uh, having a relationship with your spirit team? Like, I mean, I believe in, there's again, my own personal things. I, I, again, I'm not organized religion, but I do believe in mm -hmm. angels and guides. And I reach out to my angels and guides on a consistent basis, especially in mean, my journey, um, just briefly, my journey and my listeners, viewers know, but the new people coming in here, you know, I was um, uh, injured and I developed mm -hmm. severe rheumatoid arthritis. Um, I was told by five doctors, I've been in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. And I mm. walked my oldest daughter down the aisle in the wheelchairs in the garage collecting dust. So Thanks. I talk to my angels and my guides on a very consistent basis. Um, is that something that you, that you feel might be part of the, your soul journey? I mean, oh, excuse absolutely. me, your soul team, I'm sorry, soul team. Absolutely. Yep. I, I got the guide team too. Everybody has um, their own guides. They have their higher self guide, but they also have a collection of other, shall we say, um, consciousness friends who are in support of hanging out in support of what you want to accomplish in this life and um, can be reached out to. And sometimes they come and go for different eras in your life, different parts of your journey. Um, you'll have different, they could be ancestors, ancient ones, angels, guides. Um, there's 
lots of different ways that we're supported. Uh, I absolutely believe in that. And, and, and it's not only that we can reach out to them for help, but sometimes we get in arguments. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, we we live life together. We do, truly, we do. And and um, I love that conversation so much because it's really important to realize that we're supported. That always works. Is that is that similar to you hear your guide an angel tell you to turn right, and you say no, I'm turning left, and then you know you get into trouble, and they whisper in your other ear and say, I told you so. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. That happens. <laughs> uh, I, I told you so. You just didn't listen. <laughs> Yeah, they're not going to make you do anything because, I mean, inherent in the word guide is like, here's a piece of information that could help you make a decision. Um, so they're never going to coerce or try to persuade, but but they definitely, they got a broader point of view. We'll reach out that. trip you as you're, as you're walking. <laughs> I, I was right. talking to you. I, can you come back? I was talking to you. Um, how does that all play into, uh, this is the first time I've, I've heard of this actually, and even all my 220 episodes, I have not heard about this. You talk about a 5D ascension. Um, can you help me understand what a 5D ascension is? And yes, how, and how that affects have that us. conversation. Yeah. Um, yes, let's let's definitely have that conversation. I, I hear a lot about this in the the internet spheres. Uh, in the social media worlds of people talking about ascending to the 5D, of having a foot in the 5D. And I, I just really have to challenge that position. While, yes, we are evolving as a consciousness. And as we evolve as a collective, our experience will evolve. And there are different um, dimensions of being. Um, we're not going to individually leave this thir third dimensional space and, and leap on over to 5D and leave others behind. We're a collective and we operate as a collective. And so that's really a another reason why spiritual alchemy is so um, instructive, uh, is that it shows us not only how we as an individual um, grow and evolve. There's structures and processes around that. There are milestones around that, but that it also applies to how we interact as a collective. And so when I hear people telling stories about ascending to 5D and that there'll be some enlightened people that make it over there in this lifetime and some don't, they're gonna stay mired in the th third dimension. This reminds me of the old storytelling in Christian fundamentalism that I grew up in around the rapture, around the end times, around people being left behind and suffering. This is a narrative that needs to be deconstructed. When I hear this narrative playing out um, in, in people's content, that tells me they have not fully deconstructed from those fundamentalist point of views, because that's not a broader perspective of how this works. It's not the broader perspective of what's what's in play. And our attention instead should be focused on how do I step into my being and becoming? And then how can I work with those who are part of this collective right here, right now um, in my life, reaching out to those that we know through, through you know, digital technologies so that we can together shift the atmosphere, shift the gravity of what's happening through our intent and what we co-create. Um, we will evolve 
as a collective. We're not going to splinter off and leave parts of our collective behind to suffer. And so that's why I really love to have that conversation because there is really a deconstruction challenge that that needs to be confronted in that um, to release those those narratives of it's it's all about me, that separatist narrative that I need to take care of myself and bye y'all. <laughs> and unfortunately, there's quite a few organized religions that we won't call them out yes. in specific in name, but that uh, tend to govern with fear instead yes. of with love. They say, if you don't do this, this is what your consequences are. If you don't do that, you're going to burn in hell. If you do this, you're going to burn in hell. Mm. And I think that we all need to take our own personal responsibility for where we are at in our lives in regard to the connection with the universe and spirituality. And I think, you know, uh, everything that you've, that you've, we've talked about so far kind of fits along that line of developing and understanding what your soul team is and in connecting with the soul team to help you um, through awakenings. We all have awakenings. Yeah. And I think it, it, how would you, what would you suggest to someone if, if they, they, think they are going through an awakening or if they want to go through an awakening, how would they recognize that? Mm, great question. There are definitely um, different levels of awakening, as you mentioned. Often we start with that um, more tragic confrontation. Sometimes it's because something happens in the external world, a loss, a death, um, a divorce, um, you know, uh, tragic circumstances really kind of shake us awake and, and we start to challenge what's real, who we are, why we're here. Sometimes it's an internal thing that happens and it might sneak up on us. We've been um, existing in a structure, a religious structure, for example, and, and suddenly Suddenly, we start to ask questions because we feel that dissonance and it's crescendoing into something bigger that we just can't ignore anymore. And that signals that first awakening of you awakening to who you truly are and, recogni and reckoning with what roles have I accepted? What have I told myself was me or had to be me in order to conform to these norms that have been um, impressed upon me? separating that from who you really are, what really belongs to you, what who you choose to be. And that's kind of that first massive awakening. And then after that, as we're engaging this process of evolution, transformation will, of course, um, introduce new levels of understanding, which could also be described as awakenings, because they become new ways of uh, for us to see who we are, for to express purpose, to reinterpret things that have happened to us in a more um you know, wholesome or healed way um, to reconcile pain, but also to realize what's possible and what we want next, because we will often um, realize what we want to create in our lives by the contrast that we experience. I do not want any more of that. Right? <laughs> and, and so those, all of those little awakenings are, are, are guidance for us that we can choose to step into. I think throughout our lives, a lot of times we are able to recognize an awakening at certain points in our lives. And there's other times that 
uh, like you said a little bit ago, sometimes it's presented to you. And, you know, sort of like a wake up call. Right. You know, like near death experiences is another. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, a life changing experience, um, mm -hmm. no matter what it happens to be, and you have to stop and reevaluate. And which is normal. It's normal for us. Yes. It, it, it's something that is, yeah. I, it is part of our, our journey in life has obstacles, it has challenges. We can take them as a learning tool, we can take them as stepping stones. Or we can take them or go crawl in the corner and close your eyes and, and not turn around and look. You know, we all need to move forward. I think we all seek something like that. I think from from the soul, we all seek to be part of something. We all um, seek to have purpose, the right purpose in life as to yeah. what we're supposed to do. And once you find that purpose, you know, it. you can go to work, work nine to five every day. But when you go in there and you're miserable when you're there for eight hours, and then you're miserable driving home in the hour's worth of traffic. The next morning you get up and do the same thing, like, I really don't want to be there. You know, I think that um, there are some steps that people might take that they could start to understand and and maybe um, take the opportunity to, to look around. Uh, do you have any steps or anything like that that might help somebody that's stuck in that rut? Mm, for sure. I, yeah, it's, I relate to how you describe that. I know so many people will, um, that <laughs> we sometimes feel in alignment and sometimes we feel that, that crunchiness, that resistance, that something's not right, but I either don't want to look at it or I don't know how to confront that or work through it. It seems too hard. It seems overwhelming. Um, it seems, scary. It's risky, right? Transformation always is because we don't know what's on the other side of it. And so this is where coaching can really help because um, when people come into a coaching situation, they're, they're bringing this resistance that they feel, whether that's that commute or that job that doesn't feel like a good fit, and they might not know what is what next steps to take it feels too big to break down into chunks and just process on our own and coaching can be that safe space cocoon where we process together um why we're feeling that way what is it connected to really understanding the source of what those feelings are because feelings are always data they're always telling us important stories if we tune in and listen to them and then we can start to, to really generate ideas around well what would feel better and what are some of the options and opportunities that are available right now that could potentially open way for another option or opportunity to open up? Where do we want um, to to see ourselves? What what would that next ideal place look like be? Um, and and be really begin to um, sort out how to accomplish that. And and we can in coaching take it all the way from the more transactional. I need to find a new job spaces to I want to experience a new way of being. I want to experience peace in my life. I want to experience safety. I want to feel safe, right? Those are, are some different um, ways that we we change and, and transform. That's, that second part is more related to that authentic self part of us, the more becoming who we are, more of who we are part. And, and coaching is a really beautiful space to workshop that. It's really all about you and your agenda and your evolution and and holding space for what wants to emerge and what 
you know, wisdom you are already connected to that, you know, the right questions can help loosen up and, and bring forward so that you can see what's possible in this, you know, for these next few steps, but then really foretell your own future, what you want to to create for yourself. So, I mean, coaching, I would highly recommend a beautiful space to do that. And of course, you know, when, when, you know, we're talking about change, if coaching is not something that's accessible is finding community around that, that goal that you have. Um, people that won't bog you down in the, the feelings of, of lack and this isn't what I want, but people who will hold space for you, ask good questions so that you can draw from your inner wisdom and find those answers that you do have access to. Um, but sometimes we just don't even know where to begin to, to pull that out from, from ourselves, to connect within that, uh, within ourselves, to, to pull forward that vision and, and, and feel safe doing it. I mean, even feeling safe doing it sometimes is part of why having those relationships or a formal coaching relationship can, can help us. We got to feel that safety. I agree with that. Yeah, it, I think communication number one is key. You know, into yeah. helping yourself and, and and helping others. Communication is the the ultimate key, the golden key. We'll call it the golden key. Open that door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need the golden key to open the door to give me some cough syrup. Um, we'll work on that later. And <laughs> uh, with in regard to that. Um, for those individuals that are out there looking to, like I said, I'm spiritual. I found my own way. You're spiritual. You found your way. Um, if somebody is looking to kind of evolve into more of a spiritual perspective in life than, than organized religion, you know, not saying that organized religions are cults and you have to go snatch them out of there and retrain them. And <laughs> but if there's somebody that's, that is seeking a more spiritual perspective on life, what were your what are your recommendations for connecting with that in in their first steps something mm -hmm. that they would recognize and take baby everything's in baby steps right exactly i there are a couple of questions at the beginning of that journey that you have to become good at asking yourself and they'll serve you throughout your entire life <laughs> um, one of them is is this for me so any piece of information you're reading um, about spirituality, um, uh, any spiritual practices you're you're trying or interested in trying, um, always asking the question: Does this feel authentic? Is this for me? And the answer might be yes. And then you follow that curiosity. Um, you adopt that practice for as long as it continues to be a yes for you. If it's no, and it's like, okay, that's not for me and that's fine. I'm going to continue um, searching for what feels like it's for me, what feels authentic to me, what feels supportive and nurturing to me. And you'll, as long as you continue to ask those questions, um, you'll always be able to come in contact with the pre precise community and information and practices that will be supportive for where you are. And that's also where, you know, like podcasts like ours serve a role because we introduce people and practices and ideas that people might connect with that could spark that curiosity that they could try on and ask that question, is this for me? Another question is, what do I want? When we're in a structured control-based, 
high control religion or relationship for that matter. That's not a question we're allowed to ask. What do I want? So when you allow yourself to continue asking yourself what you want, you continue to see further and further into the type of, of environment, relationships, world you want to create for yourself. Brilliant. Um, brilliant, brilliant advice. I think that uh, a lot, uh, some of us um, just need to, again, kind of take the moment to open our eyes and to listen and to make a choice. Mm. You know, I need to make a choice. Do I do I want to seek past this, or am I just want to sit in this this little rut right here and continue on my life till I the end of time and, and do everything, or do I want something more? You know, I it is a choice. It's always a choice. Always a choice. Yeah. It's uh, when I was getting. <laughs> it's always a big tear to my eye. So I'm hoping it won't do it this time. You know, I an example is. I, when I was sitting there feeling sorry for myself and sitting in a wheelchair, I was in one for four years. When I asked my oldest daughter what she wanted for a wedding present, she said, I want you to walk me down the aisle. <laughs> because she knew that I had it in me to do that. And um, it, it was, she goes, you have a choice. You know? And, and you just have to take that first step. You just have to take that first yeah. step. And that's even within this. You just have to take that first step. Um, and that, I think that would help you know become your most authentic and powerful you, as you as you say. Because mm. once you connect with you, and you connect with your soul, then you can connect your mind, your body, and your soul, and then it all works mm. in conjunction with the universe, right? Yeah, you is all of that, and so integrating those pieces is is part mm. of becoming your authentic self, becoming your most powerful self, being present and integrated. And, you know, you're right, once we can see the trajectory that we want to follow, and we realize that practices and sometimes relationships and, um, you know, ideas, even we might outgrow and evolve past realize that evolution is always happening, we're naturally always going to change and grow. If we allow ourselves to be that authentic, authentic, you, um, that that becomes a beautiful part of the journey, and we don't have to fear that. I agree with that. Excellent words. Excellent words of wisdom. Um, you have a podcast. Uh, tell me about your yes. podcast. What motivated you for that? It's called The Gritty Mystic, and um, it's about conversations like we're having today. And I invite someone to the conversation that's a coach, a healer, a practitioner, an author, who practices a modality that that might help people in this journey in the different phases of spiritual alchemy. And we have some really brilliant conversations. So I do invite you to, to join us. Um, and really, I established it a couple of years ago, because I really wanted to connect with people and connect people to ideas that help them um, connect with what they might want to do, to do next. So that as they're asking that question, is this for me? Um, they might really encounter something new they'd never heard of or never thought of in the podcast. And that that's free juiciness for you and for your soul growth. Um, and you can see on your screen here, there are other things that I also offer. The Science of Soul is a free video that talks about the history of alchemy and a little bit more about those phases and stages. And then I also am a coach as well for those who want to work directly with me. Uh, we can get together for one time only. That's the one-on-one -on -one breakthrough. 
or we could spend some time together and and feel through whatever you're working through right now and laying down a path for you to feel more authentic to really connect with and become that empowered person that that you ultimately and inherently are well i know that your podcast is on uh, anyone's favorite listening platform but you also have a website that they can reach out to Yes. Yep. Yeah. Hop into grittymystic.com. You can find out about all of these um, little things. In addition to some other goodies, you can leave me a message. You can voicemail me on the website. Um, and then you, I hang out a lot on Instagram. That's where I am most of the time, but Instagram and TikTok for sure there. And the Gritty Mystic podcast is also captioned on YouTube if captioning is your vibe as well. Fantastic. That's a Wonderful opportunity for someone to take a chance and take that first step and help to understand their own spirituality and their own awakening. Maybe they don't recognize the knock on the door. Right. But, uh, you know, your awakening is coming and, and, and is here. Let me slow down. I was getting all excited. <laughs> that your awakening is knocking on the door and that, um, you know, you need to answer it and kind of, you know, help your life move forward in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. Your perfect timing. Tracy, I want to say thank you very much for sharing your journey, for sharing your wisdom and, and everything with me. I really appreciate it. This is one more thing before we go. So do you have any words of wisdom before we leave? More? You want more? No, I'm just kidding. More, more, more. <laughs> we always want more. <laughs> when the wisdom is that good, we always have to have more. I, I've lost. I'm going to pause you. I've lost your voice. There we go. Okay. Take two. I would say one more scoop, one more thing before we go is often when we're on this spiritual evolution journey, we're we're focusing on the things that we need to be doing, we're really striving. Like, what do I have to do? What what has to be on our to-do list? What practices do I have to do? We're always in the doing space. And what I want to challenge you to do is to hang back and think about who you're being because evolution always comes from a place of being from that place of presence and doing will naturally flow from who you are being so start with the question who do i choose to be today and allow your doing to be suggested from that space brilliant words of wisdom thank you very much for sharing that extra additional wisdom it it really fits right into that little notch see <laughs> Crazy thing. Thank you very much for what you do for the world. I really appreciate you uh, and your contribution to humanity in regards to moving people forward in a very positive way, helping them to understand their awakenings and how to connect more spiritually, as well as to understand their soul purpose, because we all want to understand that. Mm -hmm. I would love to have a conversation down the road with you. I think we have more to talk about. Um, but thank you very much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for this beautiful conversation and an opportunity to meet people where they are in their journey so that they realize that, you know, just what, what's really possible for them. I'm, it's pure privilege to be with you today. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go. Check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform.